Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. I'm Tony Haggerty at a Haggerty 10 Twitter handle. You all know that by now. And I'm joined today, and the more astute amongst you will realise we're joined by a special guest. And our special guest today is none other than the wonderful Kevin McKenna. Yay, <laughs> Kevin, how are you doing? Alright, yeah, Tony, I think people were just wondering why Aiden's aged so much the last couple of days. <laughs> I think so. And I'm also joined today by Sean Martin at Sean Martin TCW. Sean, got to give the big up to our guest. There's no, no oh, slight no general I don't, direction. I don't mind being the addendum on this one. Yeah. <laughs> How are we doing, gentlemen? Are we good? Yeah, good, yeah. good indeed. Lovely day. Looking forward to the, to the final. Excellent. We'll get to that. But first and foremost, we do the housekeeping every morning, don't we, Sean? And we ask you, if you've not already subscribed to the Celtic Way, why don't you do it? It'll cost you £2 for two months, all for the click of a button, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And we also say thank you to Seneca Medical Group and the Celtic Way Morning Briefing. It's now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group and Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments. And you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of the video. Now, somebody won the cup final tickets, and he's a regular viewer and a subscriber, and his name is Ian Scott from St Andrews, and I believe, Sean, that he was absolutely chuffed and delighted to win the tickets, and who wouldn't be? And uh, and he's even getting the opportunity to meet you and I on Sunday. What more could anyone want? That's what I call a beautiful <laughs> Sunday, Sean. I did, I did say to him that might, that might put people off actually wearing a ticket, <laughs> but uh, I phoned him myself. He was absolutely buzzing, genuinely buzzing. Uh, I'm sure he said it might be his first Celtic Cup final since 97-98 as well, which I'm, I'm taking as quite a good omen, Tony. 3-0-1 well, coming, maybe. I don't know. That was, that, was a, that was a good omen. Dundee United at Ibrooks, indeed, yes. Now, Kevin will vouch for that. He's already met Zig and Zag. It's a it's an experience, isn't it, Kevin? <laughs> um, I was at that game. Yeah, uh, Larson, Reaper, and Burley. I yes, think, were the indeed that they were the scorers. Bim Janssen's first trophy, Celtic won the league and league cup double that season, didn't they? So yes, now gentlemen, there is a small matter of association football being played in the Mount Florida Bowl on Sunday. Rangers v Celtic, Celtic versus Rangers, whatever way you want to call it, that Hamden it is the League Cup final. First trophy up for grabs, Celtic defending it. I'll come to you, Kevin, first and foremost. What's your thoughts generally on, on the game? Have you got the butterflies in the stomach, like Scott McGill there? Yeah, I always, I always do, no matter how well... Uh, Celtic might be playing going into a game against Rangers and no matter how poor they might be although they're not playing poorly at all Rangers um, I, I've never suffered from overconfidence in any of these games, even when we were taking four and five off them in the Brendan Rodgers era um, uh, you would always go into these games um, because I mean you only need to look at you only need to look at what 2019, the Christopher Julian final. Um, you know, we we didn't play well at all. Uh, Rangers ran over the top of us for large parts of that game, yet we still won. And you know, Celtic in full 
cry are capable of running over the top of anybody in Scotland. But that shows you what can happen. Um, so no, no overconfidence. But but you know, if we play to our full potential, uh, we win. It's as simple as that. Um, and Ranger Rangers know that as well. Um, and so does Michael Beale. Uh, but he's a very astute tactician. Um, so no, I, th I think we will win, but um, no, not overconfident. Sean, never overconfident myself like Kevin, but I always say if Celtic turn up, play, as Andrew Postacoglu says, a brand of football, they win. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Celtic are the better team and they have the better players, but don't say that in front of Fashion Sakala. <laughs> chase you out the building. But, I, I mean, it's it's what your eyes and what you're seeing and your knowledge of football tells you. Um, and you've set me up nicely to plug Alvin Morrison's article because he has done that exact thing with the advanced stats as well. He's compared the likely starting elevens man for man, advanced stats and data. And and I, you're, you're not all Celtic have the have the edge. They are the better team. They have the better individuals. I, in my opinion, have the better manager. And um, I, I, I mean, I say it all the time. What Kevin said there, what you just said, that for every domestic opponent, if Celtic are on on form, then they will win. It, it, it points to that, doesn't it? Oh, has Sean frozen, Kevin? Yeah. yeah. Did I disappear there, did I? You did, I mean, me and Kevin were going to go for the elevator music there in a second. <laughs> uh, I don't know what happened. I was just saying, I, I agree. I don't know where you heard up to, but I was saying, um, despite the despite all that, I wouldn't necessarily say I would be confident either. I do, I do agree with, with Scott McGill, the butterflies in the stomach, but I'm laughing at the comments here, Tony. Um, Gary McDowell's also saying there's nerves about to kick in and then you get the opposite you get Michael Ross saying Celtic will be ramming fashion Sakala's words right back down his throat on Sunday <laughs> well, well for those who've been regular tuning uh, in this week it's two more sleeps now Sean to get people <laughs> really nervous and all that Kevin if you're that way inclined I've been counting it in sleeps like a kid waiting for Christmas Day my, my, part of my nervousness stems from not having yet got a ticket for this game um, after, Did you after, enter for the subscribers? Well, that that would <laughs> that would uh, that would have been improper, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I haven't missed. Uh, I can't remember the last time I missed a Celtic Rangers Cup final, but the demand for tickets has been incredible, and and I've not really been able to kind of. Um, I can't really devote too much attention to it because um, in my day job covering politics and whatnot. Uh, things have been quite febrile recently. <laughs> do, do you cover politics, Kevin, in your day job? I just, yeah, I occasionally <laughs> I dip my toe in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> do you throw that small? <laughs> Send you the device in there, yes, indeed. Uh, no, for those of you who don't know Kevin, big heavy. Politics. I think I dropped out again there, did I? No, you're back in, you're all right, no, you're I back in. Did, did I drop out for a bit? Because I think my wife's back at work, so I don't know if that's wreaking havoc with the Wi-Fi or not. So. <laughs> Indeed. Now, gentlemen, starting 11s and all that, we all have our thoughts on who who will play. Uh, Sean, I'll come to you. There, there seems to be kind of two big positions, in, in my opinion, and probably yours, up for debate, isn't it? We kind of have this uh, mm -hmm. Moy versus O'Reilly and... Abada versus Maida, I think more or less the rest of the team might pick itself if that's the way you think. But 
these these are certainly the two positions that you could maybe see the manager making a change if possible because you know what he's like. He never really likes to play the same starting eleven, does he? So, but Moyer O'Reilly for you. We'll start with that one. I I mean I, that, that that those are the two positions. I think um, I think if, if for instance if Anthony Ralston had been playing um, had not got injured, then I think that would maybe be a uh, a key decision but ultimately Alistair George has been playing the last run of games and, and playing well so I think he will start I don't think there's any real debate that the, the central defensive pairing will be Carter Vickers and Starfelt Greg Taylor at left back Joe Hart and goal Callum McGregor Real Hatati. I think it is genuinely and he'll go up front I think it's just those positions that you can really debate you might be wrong you might come up with another suggestion but Moy versus O'Reilly and then Abada versus either Jota or Maida yeah, is the two that I think I um in terms of Moy versus O'Reilly. Fundamentally, I'm fine with either. <laughs> I'm fine with either of <laughs> the two of them. And Moy made a big impact in his half hour on the last derby, lest we forget, right? Um, but he's been in fine form since as well. I don't know whose dog that is. It's one of you. Yeah, that's uh, that's mine. Um, <laughs> the postman's arrived. All <laughs> oh, right, I, I got lucky. Mine, mine came just before this. Is he delivering your ticket, Kevin? I hope. <laughs> Hang on a oh, second. I'll just shut the, the dog ripping the ticket up, is it? Yeah. I'll just I mean? shut the door and let him have his fun. Okay, excuse me. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, I so Tony, right? So Moy made a big impact in his half hour cameo in the last derby. But Stuart Ross done an excellent piece on 30 minutes of Aaron Moy just on that um, and how he kind of turned the derby back in Celtic's favour to get the draw. Um, he's been in fine form since too. However, I think Matt O'Reilly offers far more off the ball. I think he's got better movement to create and exploit space going forward. And in this type of game, or at least the type of game I expect it to be, I'm going to go Matt O'Reilly. But I won't be all at all surprised if it is Aaron Moy because he's earned it as well. Kevin, do you go along with Sean, you and Matt O'Reilly man, or do you think Moy's earned that starting position? But depending on his fitness or the nature of the injury that he's been carrying. Um, I would go. I would go with Moy, um, simply because his um, his performances since he came back from the World Cup have been sensational. I think the experience of playing in massive games for his country against massive teams on the biggest stage yep. have carried them into you know that confidence. You you have to you must derive confidence um, from playing games on in, in the World Cup and playing very well in them because after it you think well I can do it if I can do it here I can do it anywhere um, in front of any audience um, so he wouldn't I'm not saying that Matt O'Reilly would be phased by um, playing in 52,000 mental fans at Hamden on Sunday but but Moy there's a kind of an inner um I'm, I'm tempted to say an inner peace about him, the way he goes about his business. A zen. Nothing <laughs> a zen master. It just, well, there is, there is something about that, you know, and uh, he's, he's, he's never hurried. He's, um, he doesn't react. He doesn't overreact to any little reversals and that, that are happening. He doesn't berate himself if he does something wrong. Um, and he doesn't go mad if he's, you know, if he's fouled or or if the referee um, uh, uh, acts against him unfairly. He's and he's that's what we're going to need on Sunday. We need eleven like that. But 
But Matt Riley, you know, I think the last couple of games he's you know, he took a wee dip, probably because he was playing incessantly, and Ange knew when to kind of rest him. In the last couple of games, I think he's been he's been coming on to it again. So I wouldn't have a problem if O'Reilly started at all. Yeah, I mean, very much uh, contrasting yeah. views in the comments. Tony, I've been flicking a few up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm interested where you fall on this because I'd imagine it's tearing you apart in the heart yeah. because um, yeah, I know we, we all know how much you rate Matt O'Reilly, but you've been mightily impressed with Aaron Moy over the last couple of months as well. So I presume I, you, you, you can't take a mulligan. You've got to pick one. But head and heart job. This you know my heart says O'Reilly because I'm an O'Reilly man, but my head's telling me what Kevin's just said there. He's the coolest customer. Uh, you know, he is a cool cat and I think that's what might be needed in the heat of battle because Rangers are what to turn into a battle. So you need people that can rise above that and be cool, as Kevin says, on the ball. Don't react at all. I mean, you've seen that, uh, see Aaron Boy, even when he scores, he's, mm-hmm. he's not, he doesn't go mental. And then his media interviews, he's like, you know, he scored a cracker. Ah, thanks. <laughs> okay, it's all very... You know, and, and I, I guess what we're saying there, I, I think that's the quality that he maybe has over Matt already because in terms of footballers, they're both extraordinarily gifted mm-hmm. footballers. They can pick a pass, can, you know, uh, can score, can do lots of lots of things. So as a total wrestle here, but I think my head's going to win. I'm going to be sensible and no, call it in Moy's direction only because I think he's been quite imperious since he came back from the World Cup and He's mm. Kevin said, you can do it in that stage, you can do it in any stage. And I think this is a stage for Moy for, and for the manager to say, give us an hour, 65, mm-hmm. and then he's coming on. And then you, and hopefully by that point, Celtic can put on the agony and or pile on the agony and put on the style, you know, that kind of thing. And I mean, fundamentally, Tony, Tim, I know, probably nails it. What a choice to have either way. Yeah. Moy or O'Reilly. Um, and, if it's, and if it's flipped, if the manager flips it and he plays O'Reilly, then. I'm equally as happy. How many Celtic teams in history have you ever had the privilege of saying that? If they flip it by taking out one of your star midfielders, that you've got another, possibly potentially brighter star that can come in and take their place. So, I, uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm just happy in the frame of mind that Celtic are going in, the place that they're in. And I agree. I mean, it's all if they turn up, they win, don't they? I mean, it's that's not overconfidence. It's not arrogance. It's what your eyes are seeing. They're they've got better players. They're a better team, and they're playing some really good football. But as I touched up on on Monday, Kevin, last four visits to Hamden Celtic haven't actually put on a show. You know, they've, they've struggled against St Johnston to win one 0 in the League Cup semi. They won the final coming back against Hibs. Lost the semi final to Rangers in extra time. And did enough to beat Kilmarnock. So I'm waiting on this big performance. Hopefully it comes on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um in the the um the Kilmarnock game, again the, the conditions were atrocious uh, yeah. on and off the park. And I think if you look down through the years, actually it's quite interesting. Celtic's record in League Cup finals is um, is patchy. We've, we've won twenty and lost fifteen. Yeah, and a lot of those cup final. I mean, I remember a run between nineteen seventy and nineteen seventy five. So by sixteen year old Derek Johnson in nineteen seventy. Then it was Partick Thistle. Then it was Dundee. No, that was Hibs, and then Dundee. And 
the way that the League Cup was played in those days and we reverted to it, it was like all the games in the final are over before Christmas with the showpiece encounter, you know, the, the kind of second biggest game on the calendar being shoved into um, December or, you know, early in the new year. And pitches and the weather conditions are never going to be great. And I'm, I'm not for a minute saying that, you know, these weather conditions were responsible for Celtic losing any of those games. But it inhibits the way that Celtic traditionally like to play. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, even in that Kilmarnock game, um, and there was, a, there was another game recently, but the conditions were atrocious. But Ange still wants his players to, to keep trying to play football. It's not a case of, oh, bad underfoot today, boys, so it'll be the long ball. Um, it's going to be really tough getting first in the tackle. It's still not, not just keep playing, just keep playing. Mm-hmm. You know, the ball will be a bit slower. Celtic Park hasn't been, the surface hasn't looked great in recent games either. Um, and I, again, a lot of that's due to, um, I mean, we had massive rainfalls yeah. in uh, December and January. Although significantly, oddly enough, I went down to Darville to write about uh, Darville after their uh, hmm. amazing win over Aberdeen. And I took a wee walk on the pitch and it was immaculate. Ab- absolutely immaculate. <laughs> I'm just glad Aidan's not here, Sean, because he'd be like that. What's the sorcery that Kevin speaks of Celtic losing to Rangers <laughs> to Berlin and Dundee in the final? When, when was that? That must have been in the midst of time, uh, clearly. Now, Sean, the other uh, yep. positional change or positional dilemma, if you call it a dilemma, mm-hmm. Andre, I guess, for Ange, is Jota or Dyson Maida for Abadi? You threw Jota in the mix. I will declare here, Jota, for me, always, regardless mm-hmm. if he's off for him or people saying he's not uh, you've just got to play a player like that capable of winning it on his own with a moment of magic mm. and brilliance and that's what you want and I'm always a Maida man and I know I know Abada's got a terrific record of scoring against Rangers, Barisic hates the sight of him, especially when he runs off him and he's sleeping and leaves him in his hunkers that kind of thing, but uh, yeah I'm, I'm a Dyson Maida Jota on the flanks uh, for Sunday Jota on the right, Maida on the left and I just think Maida's work rate and in fact, I like to what you were speaking about at the start of the season, Sean, he's, he's added goals to these games now. That uh, I just think that's the, the right combination for the wingers on Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. Abada, again, just really unfortunate. He, you know, every time you think he's going to push on and uh, come into some forum, you know, he, he gets a chance and he doesn't take it, that kind of thing. But scored a cracking goal when he came on on Sunday, the two substitutes, Lincoln. Haksabanovic, we're all desperate to see more of Haksabanovic. We really think that there's a, a jack in the box here, don't we? That there's a player. Uh, it's the sort of you're winding that up when the music's playing and he's just going to come springing at the traps one day at some point and go for it. And it's going to be a joy to watch. But yeah, again, happy that we've got that to come on as well. And hopefully Celtic will be in a situation where they can do again what they did last week and substitutes and come on, impact the game and, and score goals, Sean. But it's it's Jota and Maida for me and um, no, same here. But I do think I think Abada has a genuine genuine argument to start because ultimately, yeah. what more can you do when you're getting sub appearances than than contribute? And he has been. Um, he's only been in the starting eleven, I think, about 30, 34, 35 percent of the season or something like that. So he's very much a bench option, which is why pre-season Tony 
I think we both uh, picked him as like the the twelfth man of the year or whatever yes. it was like that kind of thing. Um, biggest contributor that, that's a regular sub. But he's made four starts against Rangers still, and he's got three goals and an assist in those four starts. And unlike like when people maybe used it for Yakimakis and saying goals to starts, all of his goal contributions have actually come in starts. So it's not like a it's not a, a misleading start. It's when he starts, he's he's contributed those three goals and and an assist. Um, you're right, Barisic must hate the sight of him. Um, although he only sees his back really when he's coming round the battle. Yeah, but, uh, um, but I have said before, I think Dyson Maida, you know how highly I, I think of him, and he's custom built for Derby Day. Um, for me, he's custom built for most games, to be honest. I just I like having him in that team. When we did our strongest 11, which obviously I said the other day, my strongest 11 isn't the same 11 that I'm predicting for Sunday because it's a different question, different, it's a specific game on Sunday. But I say then that the Maida, fundamentally, he's got to be in the team for me. Um, and I think Tavernier will struggle to contain him or Jota, really, whoever starts in the left. I think Tavernier will struggle and has struggled against Celtic in the, 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 when it's the real quality players in the league that he's up against. Um, for me, it, it ultimately ends up Jota versus Abada. Um, and Jota is simply the better player. But again... Like with Moy, I won't be too perturbed if Abada is chosen because he's doing well when called upon off the bench and he's got previous against them too. But ultimately, if it's between Jota, for me it comes down to Jota versus Abada for right wing and Jota's just a better player. Kevin, you go along with that? Are you happy with yeah. that? Yeah, Jota has to start. Um, I don't think there's any defender in Scotland um, who knows how to play him. And I think also... Um, next season in Europe, he will be a more confident and assured player. Um, I think that free kick against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu, uh, you know, probably told him that he can play at that level. So he, you know, he he has to start. And I would always, I will, I'll have Maeda all the time. I mean, there was an instant. Um, there was a little cameo last week um, at Parkhead when there was the, the possible penalty. When he comes, you know, the, the ball's loose. Yes. The, the United defenders just ushering it out. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, God bless him. <laughs> Maida suddenly arrives like a comet. It's like, <laughs> you know, how did he get there? There isn't any, you know, when you pass the ball to Maida, there's no such thing as a hopeless a hopeless cause. He, he'll chase everything and he's got the speed for it. And that must terrify defenders. If I was a professional footballer um, playing against him, I'd be terrified. I'd be terrified because there's no situation um, when he's up against you where you can feel safe. Um, whether it's a, a pass back to the goalkeeper where he doesn't appear to be in the vicinity, um, the roll out to the, the, the centre-backs or the defenders. If he's anywhere within 20 yards... Those defenders have to make sure they get rid of that ball sharpish. And that, you know, that over the course of, you know, and the first hour or so erodes confidence, erodes the confidence of the opponents. And it brings in a bit of kind of uncertainty about their play, knowing that they've, they've got to have their wits about them in 360 degree vision. <laughs> it's one of my favourite goals of the season, Maida's goal at Ibrox, the one that. Morello yeah, assisted. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he took it because it was like he kind of scored it, and it was as if he had a look of a man as if 
well, did you have any doubt what I was going to do with this once I got the ball? Mm. I was skinning him and I was just going to slide it under the goalkeeper because uh, he's, he's another one who's good enough to give me the ball that he asked for goal, you know. <laughs> and his, his temperament is great as wow, well. Genius. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd love him just to work a wee bit more in his crossing because sometimes, you know, <laughs> he's long bursting, he gets the ball, you know, he just sweeps past a couple of opponents, and I think the momentum. You know, it's like right, I need to get the ball in the box now. Wallop! And, like, uh, it's, uh, I think part, partly because as well, a lot of the times if he's beating a player, unless he's cut back in, it's on his weaker foot as well. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't think even when he's on the right, his crossing isn't what I would call great anyway. But it's more, he's more a kind of get power on it, put it in an area and hope somebody gets it, that kind of thing. But if he's doing that with his weaker foot, I'm kind of not surprised. It's occasionally, <laughs> occasionally. Touching the floodlights. That, that Rangers defence will not like to see him in the starting lineup. No, no. <clears throat> a, a great Arthur Montford phrase there, Kevin Lungbusting. Yes. <laughs> from Scotswood back in the day. Now, Sean, you are touching upon the two managers. Mm-hmm. And I was just, just Tony, sorry, just to yeah. I've highlighted Sons of Scotland's thing just to just to end yeah. that wee, that wee segment. Um which sums it up, I suppose, what we've been talking about. But Sons of Scotland says, either way, the bench will play a big part in winning this game. And then Jim Stevenson says, remember, it's a 16-player game for Celtic now, yeah. which is spot on. Yeah, without a doubt. I uh, agree with that. And the will, the five subs will have a real impact on a part they play, definitely, yeah. which is great. Uh, and again, going back to, we've spoken about the strength and depth for a while. I think we've got that too which is yep. another advantage that they have over Rangers on Sunday. I think they've got more game changers in the team mm-hmm. than Rangers and, and match winners, let's put it that way. Yeah, now the two managers, Sean, they spoke on Tuesday. Uh, we wanted to kind of talk about, and obviously with the newspapers, they've obviously held Postacoglu stuff and they've been drip-feeding it on a, on a daily basis. But you were wanting to kind of contrast how Postacoglu's been quite calm and assured and measured this week against kind of Michael Beale and him being a, a rookie manager in his, in his first final with his team and all that kind of stuff. But you know, there's, there's been a big kind of debate on what the two of them have been saying all week, hasn't there? Aye, I mean, more more so I wanted to bring this up so we could mention that reply I gave you again, Tony, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, and uh, also linked to Kevin's column from last week, yeah. which I think ties into the certainly the, 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 the perception I've got of the two this week that Kevin wrote as Postacoglu's got a kind of Jockstein-like grasp of the Celtic reality that surrounds him like nobody since Steen. Um, and I think that kind of contrasts with, with Michael Beale's approach. And I think it's only natural because he is a rookie manager. It's not it's not meant as a yeah. dig. He is a rookie manager by the definition of it. Um, now, that's not to say that tactically, Kevin's right to point out, he, he is a good tactician. He's got the reputation he has as a coach for a reason. But I'm intrigued to see if he almost outthinks himself because it's a cup final against Celtic and he's, it's only what 14 games into his tenure. And then he's had a banner unveiled against comments that he made by his own fans last week. I'm just intrigued to, to see if that plays into to the way that Michael Beale approaches it as well. Because I don't think any of the noise around this week will play into Ange Postacoglu's thinking. Um, as he says to use um, on Tuesday, Tony at Hamden, he's been flying this kind of playing for 26 years, he can land it. Um, it's just, uh, it's very intriguing to me to see how Michael Beale approaches this if he, if he outfoxes himself by trying to be too clever. Um, I just, uh, I, that's what I would be looking for. The, the Kevin, I asked him 
I was kind of it was the back of something that Cameron Carter Vicker said, and he said that the message from Postecoglou is always to bring your best individual game, best team performance, make it the best game that you've ever played. The next game, I so the next game would be the final. So I asked Ange Postecoglou what he would bring. What does he do to be the best manager that he can be in these occasions? And this is what Sean was alluding. This is the answer he gave me. He said, "I'm not a big one for talking too much." Behaviours and actions are probably more important than word, than words. This is what that, that is the way I try and present myself to the boys. They see me in there every day, and I'm in there early. I'm at every training session. I am preparing myself for what is going to happen at the weekend. When you do that and you portray those behaviours as well as give them the words to back it up, then they follow that. Then they follow that lead, and that's my job. I treat every game as an opportunity. I say to the players. Age and experience sometimes not always give you wisdom. I know what it's like when your playing career ends. You miss it all. You have seen stories recently of players who struggle when they stop playing. You miss training. You miss the bad days. You miss the bad coaches. You'd have it all back. You don't miss the big games or the big moments. You miss it all. That's what I try and tell the players every day. Don't waste a day. Don't waste a minute of your football career because one day it will all be finished. The one thing they don't want to look back and say is, did I really appreciate what I did? Did I really give everything that I wanted to? Did I really make the most of it? When I talk to them about trying to make every game the best game of their career, there is nothing to say that the best game of your career to date can't happen this Sunday or next Sunday. Don't use it as a game when you get the win and get it out the way because you could be missing a little nugget of gold that will make it all worth it and give you comfort in the days when it's all gone. I mean, what an answer that is, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's on forever, but it's like a straight answer to a straight question. I was, yeah. I was sat there like, wow. I mean, that again, that that should um, that should actually show some of our very good and esteemed friends and some of the uh, the national titles what you can get from a manager if you ask an intelligent question. <laughs> Uh, they might actually get um, something worthwhile to stick in the back page um, or the BBC might get something because some of their questions have been <laughs> have been infantile, let's just say. Uh, but that gives me a, that gives me a lot of reassurance. Um, I think also all of the Celtic players, no matter where they end up in their careers, um, I, I, you know a few of the Celtic players will, will, will go on and play for other clubs in due course. That's that's a modern reality. But I think this these two, three, four years that they'll all have had playing um, football under his management, both as a coach and as a, as a person, um, will benefit them throughout their careers. And I think that a lot of what they learn, and a lot of that was in, included in, in his reply to your question, um, will, will will be a real benefit to them and they'll remember it and they'll go into games for other clubs and uh, big occasions for other clubs remembering what he said to them um, during their time with Celtic. Sean, when we first, uh, Ryan McGowan was the first to post, remember the... Yeah, the slide tackle on a waiter. Yeah, slide tackle. And he said he would have slide tackle the waiter after Ange spoke, you know, so he has that effect now. We've said inspirational words, you no, know, don't necessarily mean you're going to yeah. win the cup final. But as Kevin said there, it's quite reassuring that if that's the way he speaks to somebody like myself after a yeah. question, 
goodness knows what he's saying to the player. I mean, he's saying the same kind of things, but I mean, you cannot help but think, well, we're guided by the right manager and they're in safe hands. And if they carry out his instructions, then, you know, there's a there's a good chance that they might win the silverware on Sunday. Aye, and I think to me what, what comes through there when we're talking about either the answer to that question or Kevin saying about Celtic players, even if they move on, they'll remember playing under this man. Is uh, when we talked to Matt Smith, he's, he's captain at Brisbane yeah. Row. Um, clearly, I mean, you could almost feel it through the through the screen that how much influence Ange Postecoglou had on not only his career because obviously Matt Matt told us that he had been playing at not a particularly great level, moved to Australia, ended up a, an A League winning captain, and uh, a lot of it came down to the kind of the coaching and the confidence that Ange Postecoglou instilled in him. But more than anything else, he was making his, he started making his own inroads into the coaching arena, Matt Smith. And you could hear still to this day here, Ange Postecoglou and the kind of things that he was saying. So you get occasionally, you get managers like that. Not all managers do this. Some are quickly forgotten um, with the things that they say and the things that they try to impart to their players. But some live on in terms of what Kevin's saying. Players might play under them for a year, they might play under them for two, three, four years. But like Matt Smith, 10 years down the line, if you can still hear echoes of a certain manager through the things that, that they're saying, that arguably as much, maybe not as much as the trophies, but that um, that stands them in, in, um, in, a, in a certain kind of light within the football world, I think. Kevin, we're at a moment in time as well, aren't we? I mean, my father and all that, that you'll never hold a candle to Jockstein. I get all that and I've had all that and uh, maybe that's I mean, to be fair, I don't think that, that's not that's not. Right. No, I'm, I'm not that. Yeah, but I'm just talking about. But you have mm-hmm. to live in the moment and enjoy it, and enjoy this manager while he is at the football club because he is an impressive leader. He's a, a wonderful orator whenever he speaks, and he has that knack of just saying the right things, especially at the right time. And if you're a Celtic <laughs> supporter, you you have that up, really, don't you? There is you run out of superlatives to describe him. To be fair, and well, um, I think he's also he's also achieved something else, which is equally as important. He's he's uh, he's mended some of the bridges that were broken between mm-hmm. the club at an executive level and the, yeah. the supporters um, with uh, the the car crash that was last season and a lot of the noise beyond it. Um, I think I mentioned last in last week's column that a Celtic fan had posted footage of uh, Jock Steen being interviewed um, prior to taking the Lisbon Lions up to um, uh, up where was it again Fraserburgh um, because of your, the, the the lifeboat disaster five five um, men were um, were killed when their boat was hit by a freak wave while they were trying to rescue another vessel and, and it resonated across Scotland. So Jock, Jock Steen had a connection with somebody up there and without hesitation took his first team, the team that was about to play in the 1970 European Cup final against Feyenoord up there and, and he was talking about why he'd done it and, and he said, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we are not important. These players aren't important, <clears throat> but those men who laid down their lives, uh, you know, to save other men in distress, in the most perilous um, conditions, 
Um, they're, they're the real heroes. And the, the, there had been speculation that, you know, that Celtic, um, one of the reasons why Celtic were beaten by Feyenoord in that final and beaten well uh, was because the preparation for the game wasn't what it should have been, and that included taking your your entire first team up to Fraserburgh a week or so before uh, the second biggest game in your history. But I I disagree with that. I actually think that that sent out a message to those players that this is who you're playing for, that this is what this means, um, uh, and and it would have grounded them because having beaten Leeds United home and away, they were being proclaimed as European Cup winners. So to have your manager say, yeah, that's great, but these are the people that really matter in the world, that was that's a good message to take in a yeah, European Cup final. And and we were beaten in that European Cup final, not because we played badly, basically because we played against an absolutely brilliant football team, several of whom would form the nucleus of the all-conquering Dutch team two or three years later. Um, anyway, I'll get that that history out the way. <laughs> um, and I, think, I think Ange has got that connection. Steen's connection to the fans stemmed from the fact that he'd been a white, a minor. He'd worked down the pits. Um and and so so he had a he had a connection with the supporters and the conditions and the the challenges that ordinary people have. Uh, in Scotland, in industrial Scotland, and Ange Postecoglou has that as well. Um, he has it in spades. He's he's saying to the supporters, "I know how much this club means to you. I know that um, you can have challenges in your life in the weeks before, and that you look upon Celtic as a way of just raising your head a little bit. You know, having a little bit of hope in your hearts, and you know, just a, a few golden moments, and that's." I think the last manager that, that had that was, was Jock Steen. Go with that. Sean, you you taking that one? Aye, because, aye, because ultimately I see I see where he's coming from. It's not there's a couple of comments, oh you can't compare. It's not the trophy hall, it's it's, it's the the man. Yeah. It's the comparison. It's not necessarily the trophy because nobody's going to compare to, to Jock Steen in that sense. Nobody in, in arguably British football has. Um so it's not that I get. I get where Kevin's coming from. Obviously, I, I subbed the column, so I'd already read it. But um, uh, it's the man. It's the, the way the man presents themselves. Now, obviously, if we're talking about just the manager rather than just the man, then you could be up for debate as to who's the best. And Steen, I would always back Martin O'Neill, for instance. But it's the man, and I think that's the yeah. fundamental thing. Got to remember. Yeah, we're talking about idiosyncrasies and behaviour, Sean, aren't we? Again, yes, uh, sir, of, yes. of men, you know, not not necessarily. Comparing them as managers, and you say trophy mm-hmm. hall and stuff like that. Now, here's one I wanted to have some fun with. Well, say fun, but I'm going to throw this open to in commenters. Please come in with us as well. Now, we woke up this morning, and we always have a kind of chat about what we're going to talk about. But I thought here's one, and plus Kevin was on as well. I wanted to ask everybody and commenters, Sean and Kevin particularly, if you could have one wild card pick for Sunday's League Cup Final eleven from any period in Celtic's history, what player would you choose and why? So get your call, get your players coming in, guys. One Tony, player I've got to say you rattled me with that one because <laughs> you asked one it. You, you proposed you it what ten minutes before the start of the I briefing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm going I ended up standing looking at myself in the mirror trying to debate. <laughs> uh, I did come to a conclusion but I mean if 
you asked the question, Tony, so have you got somebody in mind? Well, I think lots of people will go the obvious Henrik Larson and stuff like that, but I'm going to say it. Uh, I, I wrestled with this as well, but uh, it's too, too, come down to two for me, but I'm trying to go. Jimmy Johnston being one of them, but I didn't yeah. see Jimmy Johnston, so I've only got uh, I've only got my father's in it. He has devoted the greatest self ever, so you've got that to me. <laughs> back and but it's got to be King Kenny for me, my first right, okay. football hero really uh, and I, I was privileged to see him kind of in his last season at Celtic 76-77 uh, and my dad said the season after, I think Celtic finished fifth in the league, Kevin will bring it in yeah, yeah. The and my yeah, father told me that it was heartbreaking because he didn't believe that one man could be the glue that held the team together but he, he believed it after Kenny Douglish left Celtic, so he was such an important footballer for Celtic. So I'm going to go with King Kenny. And Fair enough. I mean, uh, enough, Kevin, a very respectable I choice, but I'm wondering... King Kenny had a pure uh, record in the League Cup finals, didn't he? Well, the, the, he would score goals and Celtic would lose finals. I felt, I, I felt sorry for, for Kenny um, because in the in the big you know um, set-piece occasions, he scored... I think he scored four cup final goals. He scored in the 1973 cup final when we were beating 3-2 by Rangers. He scored against Hibs in the 72 league cup final. Yeah. He scored against Aberdeen in the 76-77 yeah. league cup final. He scored against Partick Thistle yeah. in the 4-1 right. defeat. Um, and and that says something about Douglas. So, like, you know, in, in all of those games... Probably with the except that the Hibs League Cup final in '72 was a great game, actually, absolutely brilliant game. Um, you know, you could always rely on Douglas. So yeah, even when the tips are down, he's still scoring the goals and yeah. bad occasions, and it was just unfortunate for him. And, you know, you know, he won, he won other cup, Scottish cups, and league titles, of course. But whenever he scored in a cup final for Celtic, we lost. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, my my final three would have been Douglas, Bobby Murdoch, and Jimmy Johnston. <clears throat> yeah. And I would say I'd, I'd clump for Jimmy Johnston simply because, um, when you know the bigger the occasion with Jimmy Johnston, the taller he got and the better he played. It was almost like you know this stage is made made for me. Um, maybe being aware of his uh, his his five feet four um, height, he's like I'm going to use this. To show that I'm just as big and I'm, I'm bigger mm. and I'm better, and he always did. And you can, you know, you can reel off the amazing games that he played, yeah. um, and, and the, you know, the most important, the most tense occasions. You know, Leeds United, uh, the 1971 Scottish Cup final against Rangers, Red Star Belgrade. You know, he just rose to the occasion. And I think that other players, having having spoken to some of the the, the players that played with him. When they saw him on song, they just it just filled them with joy and confidence. Um, and more, much more often than not, he was on song. Sean, Jimmy Johnson uh, for Kevin, Ken Kenny for myself. Right. <laughs> Aye, right. Okay, as I say, I get in, I get in my own my own head with this as I always do. Um, <laughs> first of all, I thought right. Well, since you said for this this cup eleven, this starting eleven on Sunday. What does that start in 11 need? Where does it need to improve? That kind of thing. 
Um, <laughs> and I don't actually think it needs much improvement, but since we're talking the whole of Celtic's history, I'm sorry, everything's there. I can pick anybody. First of all, Henrik, uh, Henrik Larson, just because he's a man, big game player. But then I thought, realistically, Kyogo could score. So realistically, where do they need to strengthen? I thought keeper. So you're thinking Arthur Boric, Fraser Foster after that 2019 final. Then I'm thinking with Fraser Foster really suit Ange. I don't know. Uh, then I thought centre back. I'm thinking Billy McNeil, John Clark played in a, a, a total football team. They would be used to it. Some maybe someone else, Paul Elliott instead of Starfield maybe. Ultimately, Tony, I've tried to go with style fit as well as a big name. So I have settled on. A certain man that you like to refer to just by Daniel Fergus, oh, Daniel uh, Fergus. At right back. So I've gone with Danny McGrain. Ah, nice one. Good show. Uh, although um, I do appreciate these comments from uh, Andrew saying, got to be big Chris Sutton. Yeah. And Alan Wood yeah. saying, big Sutton would certainly be motivated. <laughs> well, his nickname was the evil genius, wasn't it? I believe it's uh, <laughs> the evil genius. Yeah, I think he's shown a bit of that this week and, and the lead up to this cup final. But it was just. I just thought it'd be great to see right. hi Sean's heading over there. <laughs> I just thought it'd be great to see the kind of uh, plethora of opinion that you get because mm-hmm. I would have thought most recently would be Henrik, wouldn't they? They would vote for Henrik to run for Aye, and I mean you think fifteen games, you know, so all, all of the players that we've mentioned would improve that starting eleven. I just kinda went a wee bit extra with it, I suppose. Yeah, and, and, uh, I seen there's plenty get mentioned there that we never talked about there. So Paul McStay got a mention, I seen Lobo yeah. uh, Maravchik getting a mention. Jimmy McGrory, Billy McGrory, you know, I mentioned, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby 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 Bobby. Bobby. father's favourite player. Yeah. So uh, he tells me he was tremendous, Kevin. I've, again, I, I just bow to my father's <laughs> knowledge on that one. You know, I'm not quite, I'm not quite that old. I, I know that's what I mean. So <laughs> Henry Kim, Henry Larson has holds the record. I get another record mm. of the most goals scored by a Celtic player in cup finals. Mm. Um. I think it's 11. Yeah, because you've got the hat trick now. And, and a, another, <clears throat> another player that never really gets mentioned, and that this was the same in his career, his he's kind of value was overlooked, was uh, Bobby Lennox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bobby, Lennox, Bobby yeah. Lennox scored in three successive Scottish Cup finals for us. Um, 69, 70 and 71. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he scored a barrel load of goals. And... He, I, again, he was another one that just always turned up in big games. Yeah. On that note, in terms of scoring in a final, Tony, there was somebody mentioned Tommy Gemmel as well. And I, mm. I mean, I picked a fullback. I obviously went with the opposite flank, but I mean, could you imagine two footed Tommy Gemmel playing in Ange Ball? I could easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, well, the first goal that was scored in the 1967 European Cup final, Ange would have loved that, eh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Craig to Gemmel, so he would have that have been, you know, that's the other kind of goals that Ange would have uh, loved, and it would have typified his brand of football, wouldn't it? So, so you can also see that, you know, obviously it was Steam that that played uh, that Celtic uh, set out that time, but I mean they dismantled into Milan in that game, utterly dismantled them. Uh, so you can see the kind of shades of that with the way Celtic are playing just now with. Charlie Tully getting a mention there, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tony, after your mm-hmm. article uh, uh, earlier on in the week. Um, the week yeah. David Ferguson also mentioned get, stick Charlie Tully in just to score from a corner. <laughs> I, 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 and the thing about that, I mean, it's, uh, it's great when you talk to somebody who remembers these kind of things. And I spoke mm-hmm. to Archie uh, 
and you'll know Archie as well, Kevin. And his memory is just as sharp as a tack. Incredible, incredible, absolutely <clears throat> incredible. He is the doyen. He has a walking encyclopedia of knowledge about football, and there's not a subject that you mentioned that he, he doesn't know something about it. You know. So he, here's another a couple of interesting stats going into this. Um, see, when I'm having trouble sleeping, I, I kind of like <laughs> play games with like <laughs> dates and stats. So. Um, by my calculation, Celtic are currently on 198 goals in cup finals. Mm -hmm. If if you include the racing club, um, right, okay. games, yeah. which yeah, I'll, I'll take that as a cup final. Ah, um, so if we score two or more goals on Sunday, uh, we we become um, the first team in the UK, prob probably in Europe, but certainly in the UK. Uh, to reach 200 goals in cup finals, um, and it's it's also our it's also our 98th cup final. Um, so if we go if we get to the Scottish Cup final as well, you know, which is a big big ask because we've got a very difficult quarter final at Tynecastle, um, that will be our 99th cup final. So we're one away from being the first team in the UK and and probably most of Europe. To, to reach 100 cup finals. Just thought I'd throw that in there. That's knowledge. I'm yeah. going to, um, just before we move on to the next thing, I'm going to pull the two of you up because I remember when we went and done our greatest 11 revisited, you two were adamant that this guy had to be in, had to be included. The Brown Warrior says, after all the talk of players there, Charlie Nicholas is unsubscribed for the channel. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, uh, did you consider him, Tony? Did you consider oh, him? Oh, I just not quite get there with it. You know, I, how could you pick Charlie Nichols over Doug Leeson? I love Charlie Nichols. He was, I love Charlie. You know, I love you know, Charlie. We, did, we spoke extensively about Charlie. The early Charlie was brilliant. I mean, when Doug Leeson left, I, I fell out of love with football and life in general, and nobody was ever... I, I was at. It was all over. It was just that. Nah, I'm not playing anymore. 4th of August, 1977. Yeah, you know, correct. Yeah, and then Charlie came along, and oh, it all opened up again. It was yes, it was wonderful. But the next came, time I see, see if he's unsubscribed. The next time I see him, I'll turn him. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I think your man was. I think it's just a wee joke because uh, mm. Uncle Robbie's coming saying Charlie's just sitting there thinking. <laughs> 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 ah, he's just sitting there thinking whether. <laughs> <laughs> or not, that's the thing. But no, I honor, always give an honourable mention for early Charlie because, I mean, no. brilliant. I mean, he was one of the first to score, uh, certainly an elite band that scored over 50 goals in a season. You know, and that Charlie, was, Charlie gave me a feet. lot of They gave me a lot of happy moments watching yeah, Celtic. Correct. <laughs> Especially O'Hamden in the rain in the 82 League Cup oh, final, if you want to talk amazing. about the Cup finals. And, <laughs> He just had an uncanny knack of scoring against Rangers all the time. Or he seemed to, let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, so. And even even in his less celebrated second spell, he's, I, remember, I remember him scoring an absolutely um, cracking volley at Ibrox. A 2-0 win. A very rare 2-0 win at Ibrox in that year. <laughs> I was there that day. Uh, that was the day that Archie was on the radio and he called it a brilliant triumph for attacking football. That was his words. Did did yeah, he did. He wrapped up the programme because he always did the montage and then they would play the commentary from both goals and that's what they finished. 
with Archie screaming a brilliant triumph for attacking football. So, all good. Now, Sean, you wanted mm -hmm. to bring something up about tonight, didn't you? Yep. Um, there's another derby this weekend, if you count Friday night as your weekend, which I think most people do. Um, Celtic women are playing Rangers women tonight at the Excelsior in, in Airdrie. Um, so I figured, I know it's I know it's cup final weekend, and I know that takes the that takes precedence and all that, but it's still a massive game. Um, so Celtic are sitting second, uh, Rangers are third, Glasgow City are top. Rangers are actually unbeaten, but they've, they've drew four times, so they're behind Celtic, but they've got the same goal difference and everything. So it should be an absolute belter. If you can't get along to it, uh, to, to Airdrie to go and see it, it's live on BBC Alba, and then if you're outside the UK, it's on Celtic TV, but. Just wanted to bring that up briefly before we finish because it is, I think it's going to be a, a cracker. Good. Yeah, excellent. Nice one, Sean. Well, thanks very much, Kevin. Really enjoyed that. Always good to have you on the on the programme. Always, always a pleasure. Never uh, enjoy we, we can, uh, It's the hardest bit next, though, Tori. It's the hardest bit next. You'll ever die by the next bit. Uh, your score prediction? Score predictions. And are we going to get let Kevin go first? And oh, I of course expect Matt, special Matt guests. Dun, 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 dun. I think it'll be three one for Celtic. Three one. All right. Funnily enough, that's what I was going to say. Three one for right. Celtic. I just think there's goals in Celtic, and I do think Rangers will score. I'll go two 0 Celtic. I think they'll keep a clean sheet. I think it'll be a. I think it'll be two 0 Two 0 Plenty to in already. There's straight yeah. away Kevin Ferrier four one. Will McMillan 3-0, Punch McNugget 3-1. Plenty here. Oh, you've got Narcotech wanting to put us through the ringer at Hamden. 2-2 two, two, full time, 4-2 end of extra time. Do you know, Tony, you were saying they've been practising penalty, so... I did. I mentioned yeah. that off air. I actually meant to bring that up, Kevin. I, do you see the value in that practising penalties? I think Andrew's thinking he was saying that they've been preparing for every eventuality. People say that you can't sim you know, simulate that kind of environment, but I guess you can say, whittle it down to your top five for a start, and then after that, if it goes to sudden death, see who, who would be sixth and seventh in line, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, I would always I would always expect that to be a big part of a, a preparation for a game that might end in penalties. I mean, just ask just ask successive German international football teams. Yeah. Um, they practice them um, and yeah, of course you can't replicate, you know, the the atmosphere and the tension in a cup final. But you can refine a technique. Yeah, I'll you know, and and I wouldn't be surprised if Ange probably fished out stats about <laughs> what part of the goal uh, gives you the best chance of scoring. You know, is it low to the left? Is it up to the right? Um, so he'll he'll have that looked after. So yeah, yeah, look, Dixie Dean's took brilliant penalties for Celtic and then put one over the bar against Inter Milan. You know, because it's a European Cup semi-final, you can't replicate it, but you can certainly refine a technique. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I would I would hope that he's got them practising penalties. That's still the most famous penalty miss in Celtic history, Sean Dixie Deans. Everybody knows about that, don't they? Well, that, that, that and... Um, that and George Samaras missing one at Ibrooks. Yes. Aye, maybe aye. Which aye. which would have basically in the, the grand scheme of things would have Possibly been enough to get us the title. Because yeah. then we aye. then we get beaten by Inverness the following midweek. Yeah, that's true. Aye. Yeah, aye. Yeah. Aye. yeah. Yeah, the other two is kind of that stick out, aren't they? We're trying to no, I'm trying to think. Aye. That was but I mean everybody's aware of Dixie Deans. 
But then I think Dick then if it goes to penalties though, Tony, um you've had this conversation with me a few times about just penalties mm-hmm. within games, but would your to use a pun would your heart be in your mouth about Joe what? Hart? Oh yeah, because he has got an unerring ability to throw himself the wrong way. <laughs> you know, and I just I, I can't understand that. My father always said to me, "If you watch the ball, you can go the right way. It doesn't mean you'll save it." But I just think Joe's one of these guys, fifty-fifty. I'll pick a side, and you know, and Craig Gordon was the same. Craig Gordon was a hopeless goalkeeper when it came to saving penalties for Celtic. Yeah, ironically, saved one when it mattered against Hapoel Beersheba. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a Champions League qualifier when Celtic were under a cosh and when they get that penalty that night I was I was beside myself I thought well it's a goal I mean we're, we're going out you know and Dad's like well he's got to save one at some point he'll never set up he saved it you know one of them it's like miracle stuff but uh, yeah I, I don't know I would be I would be concerned I but Scott McGill I just and I, I, I know nothing about goalkeeping so maybe it isn't that easy that you you watch the ball and go the right way, but I don't know. I, I would certainly try, yeah, but I just I think Hart's gone the wrong way quite a few times, hasn't he? For penalties, he has. I bet I've quickly looked up, uh, and I don't transfer market's not always accurate with it, right? But he saved apparently saved 16 penalties in his career. Um, obviously but none for Celtic, no, none is a Celtic goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> That's just that. Did they, did they save the did they save the Liam Boyce one? Technically, or did that did that just go in? I can't remember. But anyway, um, apparently sixteen penalties he saved, um, well, and fifty four. I think it said there. But to be honest, that's without context. I don't know what a similar keeper has in terms of percentage. I don't know. So I talk, uh, talking of penalties, it would be really good if I think if Celtic, you know, reached across the big Glasgow derby divide and maybe gave um, Tav. A wee, a wee yellow, kind of, uh, to call him tough. A wee <laughs> gift um, to commemorate his his fifty penalties. I think ah, I think aye. that's a tremendous achievement in the modern <laughs> game, and uh, all all praise you know to to Tav for um for, for scoring <laughs> those fifty penalties. And I think Celtic should give him a wee gift <laughs> to mark it. As long as it's not another penalty, the gift, then it's fine. <laughs> oh, you don't uh, have to get my thoughts on that would be watch this space, Kevin. <laughs> uh, careful what you wish for, Kevin, as well. Correct. But yeah, it's, uh, that's been an hour, gentlemen. It's always a pleasure. Uh-huh. It's tremendous. We love all that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We've given our predictions. We all say Celtic will win, yeah. I guess. I don't know if that's that's not a premature celebration or overconfidence, is it? That's just no. It's not highly yeah. controversial that Celtic are turning Celtic to win it. But, <laughs> but, uh, um, as long as it's uh, not, as Kevin said at the start, a, a Julian type final. No. I think he's talking about the emotional ring of the Celtic fans went through it that day. That was a hellish day. Great result, but. A hellish ninety minutes because Celtic really weren't at the races. That's my grand Murala. You know, you're just like if it wasn't for him, they would have got an absolute hiding and and stole the trophy that day. So anything, any kind of performance is will be an improvement on that day. To be fair, I just don't see them playing like that ever again in a major final. He he says, laughing and touching wood. But uh, yes. 
all we had left to say is, Kevin, thank you so much. Really enjoyed yeah. that. Talk football with you all day. Yeah. So, uh, could talk everything with you all day, politics included, but <laughs> that's something completely different. Uh, thank you, Sons of Scotland. Appreciate that. Uh, we couldn't have done it without you. Thanks for all your suggestions and the comments as well for the players. Great difference of opinion there, guys. It was magic. Yep. Uh, crossing all over, all sorts of. I think one of the commenters said, "Barney battles, or Barney battles." <laughs> I said, <laughs> 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 "Well, <laughs> but there you have it." But no, that, that's what we're here for. We do it every day, and as we always say, we urge you to subscribe to the Celtic Way website and support top quality football journalism covering the club you love. And it's only two pounds for two months of access to everything that's written on the website and it's for the click of a button guys visit www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe that's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe and we also say thank you to our sponsors Seneca and the Celtic Way Morning Briefing is now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group and Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments and you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. Gentlemen, top class. Kevin, thank you so much. I hope you get your ticket. I hope you get there. <laughs> you keep up that proud record of not, never having missed a final. I hope Celtic scored two or more, get that 200 mark in cup, cup finals. That's that's knowledge, that is. Love it's that. Been, it's like been that. A, I can name all the scorers as well. <laughs> I don't I, doubt it for a minute. another of <laughs> um, it's, been, it's been a pleasure love it anytime you like uh, top man thank you and Sean first class as always Cheers. guys I say it every week it's result dependent have a wonderful weekend everything crossed and all that here's for a beautiful Sunday take care